Hi everyone, you're very welcome to SVP Radio. We're delighted to bring you our second episode with our National President Rose McGowan and our National Head of Fundraising Elizabeth Smith. Before we begin, a couple of points to note. This conversation was recorded on November 16th and an email was sent to our conferences on November 17th with information about the annual appeal for 2023. To give members a number of us a sense of the scale of our work, SVP provided €332 million worth of direct assistance to those who sought our help over the past 10 years. With calls for help already at almost 200,000 to date this year, SVP expects calls at the end of the year to be well in excess of last year's record of 230,000 calls. Thanks very much for listening and we hope you enjoyed. You're very welcome to the second episode of SVP Radio. My name is Michael Higgins and I'm delighted to be joined by our National President, Rose McGowan, and her National Head of Fundraising, Elizabeth Smith. Elizabeth Rose, you're very welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. We're here, I suppose, because the annual appeal is coming up shortly for SVP. Before we get into the specifics on it, we might get a little bit of a background from, from both of you. Rose, you know, National President is the most senior role in the society, so... Can you give some insight as to, you know, your background and how you, you ended up where you were? When I joined the society uh, in school and then moved on to what in those days were called an intermediate conference, which now would be the university conferences. And from there to a parish conference and are still in my parish conference and involved in other works throughout the years, resource centres, I was involved in holidays for the elderly. I was area president of the North Central area in Dublin city centre. I was regional president in Dublin and national vice president before being elected, which is a huge privilege for me, by you, the members, to be national president. And I'm on my second term in this position. Very good. Thanks, Amelia. Elizabeth? Yes, so I am about 14, if not 15 years in the non-for-profit sector always working in fundraising. I originally started out entering a competition with Vodafone. It was part of their corporate social responsibility program. There was about 3,000 entrants and there was only three winners. And basically Vodafone had this program called World Difference and you applied and let them know how you would make a world of difference within a charity and they would pay for your salary for the year. It was quite a big thing at the time. They had celebrity judging panels and you had to go through many rounds. Ray Darcy was the kind of the big name involved in it. And uh, yeah, I was fortunate enough to win win it. And I started with Spinal Injuries Ireland for a year uh, working as in fundraising for them. And uh, I decided I I liked it and I was pretty good at it. So I kept going. And uh, yes, 14, nearly 15 years later, I'm uh, here in SDP and for the last nearly a year now. Still making a difference, yeah? Still making a difference. (laughs) Very good. I might start with you, Elizabeth, if it's okay to, particularly for our members who are listening to, to provide an insight into how the fundraising infrastructure works from a local to a national level. Yes, I suppose the SVP is quite unique in the way it's structured. It is, each region has a regional office. So we have eight regional offices and those eight regional offices Corporate various counties within those regions. So, for example, the East region would have Dublin, Wicklow and Kildare within that region. And in turn, these 
the conferences, they fundraise themselves locally and all monies raised locally stays locally. And then you would have the team that I work in, which is the national fundraising team. And our role is to roll out the national fundraising initiatives for the whole organisation. So a very good example of that would be the Crystal's annual appeal campaign that we're working on. So the national team would work on the branding and marketing of the appeal. And this would include working with creative companies on new TV ads, media company on buying uh, media ad spaces, getting all the posters, getting basically all the promotional material needed for uh, the, the, the campaign to be a success. We then liaise with the conferences and we fill them in, we tell them what's happening, we provide them with packs and all the promotional material that they need. And we, yeah, we, we kind of lead from that point, but actually the, the conferences take on a lot of the work as well by, by, by locally advertising the appeals. We also do a direct marketing um, mail out to about 85,000 houses around the country. They're mainly existing donors, people who are interested in the work that we do, who have either given before or have expressed an interest in giving. Um, and that, within that, then, there's a pack of um, information about what we're doing, stories about people who have been assisted by us, and volunteers' stories um, are all included in those packs. So it's an, important, it's an important campaign for us. It's really where we make the bulk of the money for the year ahead, and the same for the conferences. So, Christoph, um, I know... My dad uh, gets one of those letters. He he says, "Oh, Rose McGowan is writing to me again." So, uh, I say, "Yeah, she she does that regularly." <laughs> yeah, yeah, and actually, a lot of the conferences do local letters as well to to people who help them locally as well. So, we try and incorporate everybody that is supported or has an interest in supporting the the society during this time. Great, Rose. Just to ask you something, I suppose a, a relatively straightforward question, but maybe a, a tricky one, is that. Why is fundraising so important to SVP? I suppose if we hadn't fundraising, how would we help those living in poverty? So any of our campaigns, particularly our Christmas, our annual appeal, is hugely important because it carries us through into the new year. And while we might have smaller campaigns for specific projects during the year, this is our big money earner. And I mean, we are so lucky. The generosity of the Irish public is just, it's renowned. For, you know, we're the biggest charity. We're held in high esteem. But we couldn't do what we do unless we had this annual appeal. And when you go to a house, the fact that you know that we have the finances to deal with the problems that are in that house, for me as members, that's important. You don't have to think, you know, you have to think, what does that person need? And need is our only criteria. So if our annual appeal is successful, we know we're able to actually deal with those problems. And I suppose it strikes me that the annual appeal on the face of it is asking members of the public to make donations, but it's also reminding people who might be in a bit of difficulty not to be shy about calling us for help. It has a dual purpose, at least in that regard, I would think. No, absolutely. And I think... Um, you know, more and more we're saying to conferences when we have our Christmas appeal, as Elizabeth said, uh, there's posters and that we would display those posters. And as you say, Michael, like it is important. There's also posters that you can into the middle of them. You can put, you know, if you want to, if you need help, you can contact us at our local number. So it's hugely important because 
it's difficult to come to the Vincent de Paul, but we need to put ourselves out there that people know we are there. And, I mean, while we talk about the annual appeal, it's not just about what Elizabeth said about the letters. I mean, they're hugely important and the donors. But every month throughout the year, we are so lucky to have church collections. And that's where our visibility is. We're standing at the church gate. You know, people can either contribute or it's an opportunity for if somebody wants to talk to you or say, how do I contact you? So we need to be visible out there for our villages, for our cities, whatever. People need to know about us and that we're there to help. And that might be just short-term help or it could be long-term. But the visibility is important. Okay. And I think from what you've both said there, it paints a, a very kind of comprehensive picture of the activity locally, regionally and nationally. And I suppose, Elizabeth, is there... Could you give us some insight maybe into some of the challenges associated with fundraising, which probably aren't unique to SVP, but maybe some of the initiatives that uh, SVP is currently working on? Yes, so, I mean, SVP have amazing donors and supporters. And as Rose said, you see it throughout the year, not just when we not just when we put out the big appeal, but all year long we have people donating to us. I suppose there are challenges with the existing fundraising model an example of that would be, as I said, the church collections and the revenue that comes from those. There's been a fall in the numbers, I suppose, going to mass and COVID played a big part in that. A lot of people didn't go back on a weekly basis, you know. So that means there's a loss in donations when we do, do our appeals. Another challenge for the conferences is adapting to innovation. And I suppose one of the ones that the fundraising team have been has been working on and rolling out and encouraging conferences to get involved with is our tap to donate initiative now that cash is king used to be a big saying and you know people always carried cash but actually we're finding now that yes there are still a good cohort of people that would have cash on them there is an awful lot that would prefer to have use a card or not have cash basically so our tap to donate initiative is really to encourage the conferences to use a machine that we can set up from fundraising um, and send out to them where they people uh, can just go over and tap with their card or with their phone if they have their details on their phone and make a donation that way. It is slowly taking hold. I'm glad to say that a lot of the conferences have got involved. We have done a training video for them to show them how easy it is and actually encourage them. Just even try it once and you'll, you'll see the difference. And the feedback has been really positive. A lot of them have noticed an increase in the donations from a previous donation, uh, previous collection from that um, that church collection or wherever it may be. So it's really working, and we do encourage people to get more involved. It's actually also a safer way for them to 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 fundraise, as well as keeping the the traditional buckets as a facility that people can t- to donate through. So yeah, so that's probably. The biggest initiative that we've been trying to move and innovation that we've been trying to move co- uh, conference members and into. So, yeah, so I'm glad to say it's, it's working. Yeah, no, I can emphasize with that because I, I, as somebody wandering around and uh, I'd very rarely have cash on me um, to, to give to any charity if asked. Uh, I think, yeah, the point about the security is well made because, you know, if you have a few hundred quid, it's not even about the risk of losing it, but it's just the, the stress of having to... Yeah move that from A to B so that was obviously taken away with the tap to donate so hopefully it'll uh, uh, take hold as, as you're talking about yeah Rose I suppose uh, hopefully members are listening and you know it's one thing to understand 
and the importance of getting the money. Um, Elizabeth's given a very good outline of the ways that the money is uh, collected. Once conferences ha have the money then, what kind of advice would you give to them in terms of how best to, to utilise it to, to make the most impact for, for those who need it? I suppose at the moment we are so lucky as an organisation and while I would say COVID was horrendously difficult for us, but we managed to look after people. What it did bring positively was donors were so generous to us. So we have money in the organisation at the moment. We're really lucky to have that. So therefore, when we go to visit people, we are in a position now to be generous to people, to really look at their need, to use our assessment of need form so as that we see actually what is the need. And I believe the day of 50 euro going into any house is long gone. If you take yourself, you need to think what do you spend when you go to your supermarket. Years ago, you might have got things for two euro. There's nothing for two euro now. So we need to be realistic when we're visiting. We have the money, use the assessment of need. And the most important thing, I believe, is to err on the side of generosity. Thanks, Rose. So I suppose as we wrap up, Elizabeth, and as members and maybe non-members are listening to this, and I, I think I know what the answer might be to a fundraising manager, but um, what kind of message would you like to, to leave them with? And you know, what would you like to, if they could take one thing from this chat, what, what might it be? I suppose SVP, as I said, had huge and generous numbers of donors, and, but we still need to maintain them and we also need to grow the numbers that we have. And we also look, need to look at ways of being more inventive with fundraising. I suppose I would like people to think that if they have a thought and they want to action that thought of how they can help SVP, whether it's with an idea that they want to share with us or a donation that they want to give to us, that please do pick up the phone or email us. We will be only too delighted to discuss any ideas or any opportunities that either that you may be able to afford to us or that the, maybe the business that you work in or the corporates that you, you engage with may have opportunities. Please do get in contact with us because we're not standing still. We, we do want to increase and encourage more involvement from the wider general public, not just the regular givers or the, you know, the members themselves. That really, you know, we would appreciate a call on that. The other side of it is if you have young people in your household or if you're a young person listening, and you're involved or you want to get your school involved with us, you know, reach out because we do have young SVP um, where we send youth development officers into schools to be able to learn about and teach you about social justice, not just what the SVP do, but in general. And maybe from that, your school might get involved with some kind of fundraising. So this year is the first year that we've brought in a second initiative within the Christmas appeal um, or the annual appeal which it's a Christmas jumper day. And we are very fortunate that Daring Garrity has come on board to help promote that. And it's really aimed at schools and colleges to kind of get involved, have a fun day, learn about SVP and kind of tell others within your school about SVP. So, yeah, so I really, it would be to encourage all people to, at the very least, have a look at what we do on the website or give us a call. You can email into fundraising at svp.ie or you can uh, go straight onto our website, which is www.svp.ie, or you can call our, our number, um, 
which is 0818176176, and you'll be directed to the right area. So, yeah. Great stuff. And we will put those details in the show notes as well so people can check them afterwards if they wish. So I suppose to wrap up, final words, Rose, to yourself. I suppose the majority of people listening to this are, are probably members. And But regardless, I mean, what would your message be, particularly leading up to Christmas now, also in the context of, of what we've discussed today? Uh, my message to you, the members, is firstly to thank you for the amount of hours that you give already, but also that you will be giving over Christmas. I know how busy it is, and while I absolutely love Christmas and the busyness of it, I know the hours that are put in and I know how that can affect our own families and we should appreciate that our own families support us during this time. As I said, I err on the generous side. We are in a lucky position at the moment that we have money in our accounts and donors do not give money to leave money sitting in banks. They give them to look after people. And I suppose the most important thing is that we do look after them and that when we're visiting, you know, our our visitation, home visitation is our is our core value and that's important. It's home visitation. We need to remember the word home. It isn't on the phone visitation. We're not a postal service. We walk with people, we sit with them, we listen to them, and that's done in their home and only in their home. You can't do it on the phone. You know, what we're supposed to bring is love and hope and and that they can actually go to bed at night and get up in the morning feeling there is somebody there that has listened to me. And most of you will see in the next few weeks uh, our new Christmas ad. And the theme of it is the wonder of Christmas. And I would ask you all to bring the wonder of Christmas to those we visit. That's a very nice uh, way to conclude the chat, Rose. I, I think that will resonate with, with everybody who's listening, regardless of whether they remember or not. And uh, we appreciate you sharing that. We appreciate yourself and Elizabeth taking the time to chat today. I know, as normal, you're both extremely busy. So thanks for making some space in your calendars. And to not be too premature, but to wish you both a very happy Christmas in advance. But I know there's lots of work to be done between now and then. And to everybody listening, Thanks very much. We actually hope to have one more episode out before the Christmas, so I'll, uh, I'll, I'll say a formal uh, Christmas wishes till then. But thanks again, Rose and Elizabeth, Thank and you. thanks, everybody. Thank you, Thank Michael. You.